Good afternoon, ladies. I know you will be feeling very well-fed. And um, I was going to do charades now, actually, so that you could, you know, run around and let off a bit of energy, as opposed to go to sleep after having a very nice lunch. But the timing of things means we've done the charades. And um, I was very impressed. We've got some budding um, actresses here who could well be called on for the Christmas play, so beware. <laughs> we know who you are now. So this afternoon's session, we go, we're going to have Claudia. It's going to come up and, um, and lead us in the afternoon session. And we're going to be moving into looking at how we, we pray effectively with spiritual warfare for others and then we're going to be moving into that. So just before she comes up, just there are some books on the side here I don't that are resources. If anybody is interested in taking them, you feel free to take them. Um, they're just some additional resources that I've had at home. I don't know if anyone else brought any along to share, but often I think we do get resources and it's quite a nice thing to be able to to you know share them with each other so feel free to do that we might start doing that on a Sunday as well so without any further delay we will introduce Claudia Becker another awesome warrior woman who God has had a, an incredible hand on your life and your whole family too. So, good afternoon. So, I'm going to share a little bit about my story of my family of the last five years, approximately. Um, it's an incredible story because it's a story of hope, and it's a story where God is actually has led just not just our family but especially my son and um, it's actually following on of um, Susanna's story about it's about redemption and God going after each one of us anyways we've moved a lot in our lives my husband and I my husband was working at the university and we are used to moving around every couple of years actually I think every four or five years he's moving us somewhere whether it's for a short period of time whether it's for longer um, my kids are used to that. And out of the blue in 2018, around that time, God made it very clear, you have to go to Australia. I always wanted to go to Australia. It was a teenage dream. I wanted to live in Australia at some point in my life. At that point, we had two teenage sons, and they weren't that happy for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So... It was actually amazing that we had the opportunity to come here on Christmas 2018 to check the area out, just for two weeks break. Christmas holiday is perfect. So we came here, um, we came to this church, and we really felt, okay, God is calling us here. In, we moved here on 1st August 2019. And as soon as we moved here, even before... We had uh, our middle son who was really struggling with that. He said, okay, I have all my friends back there in the UK where we live, and now we're here, and I don't know anyone. And he really got into um, the wrong friendship group. 
and this wrong friendship group they let him to drugs and smoking and alcohol and all this kind of stuff. So right from the beginning, as soon as he joined Albert Park College, I got phone calls almost every day. I dreaded looking at my phone and getting a phone call because it was always like, oh, can you please pick up your son? Because he is not complying to rules, he's running around, he's disturbing, he is, you name it. It was around fourth term parent-teacher evening or whatever you call it. And um, one of the teachers said, your son is taking drugs. And I said, my son? No, he isn't. Well, it turned out he did. He was just smoking at that time. And he was, he was really very aggressive, rebellious. And he always threatened me, you know, one, mom, one day I'm running away and you will never see me again. So I said, um, well, you won't, you know, you will always come back. And it was kind of accumulating all this kind of stuff. And then one teacher even said, okay, maybe has, he has ADHD and go and get him tested. And it was always stuff coming up. And then it was one day, it was the 4th of December, 2019, when I got a phone call from from school again, and I said, okay, what's happening? He was at Bay Street campus. I said, can you please pick him up? He's not sitting in classroom. He's disturbing everyone. And um, I said, okay, no problem. I'm coming. So I went there, and um, he came downstairs and said, okay, I have to pick you up. Let's go home. And I then told him, but please get your jacket because he lost everything all the time. Yeah, shoes, jackets, umbrellas, whatever, phones. Anyways, I was waiting for him downstairs. He did not come back. After 20 minutes, I asked the teacher, can you please check where my son is? So they went looking for him. And I realized then, because he came back, he said, your son isn't here. And I said, why isn't he here? He didn't, he didn't leave school. But the teacher said, well, there's a back door. And this I knew, for me, was clear. That's the day that he threatened to do that, to run away. So I sat there and said, where am I going to look? What am I going to do? And up to that point, it was always me working out a relationship with him, trying to engage with him in a conversation, trying to figure out how he feels, but also kind of applying rules, because you have to have rules in life and have to follow rules. Anyways, at that point, I said, okay, probably I best I go home, because, I mean, he knows where I live or where we live, so maybe he's there. And on my way back home, I just broke down. I couldn't take it any longer. So I said to God, I stood at Richardson Corner, Pickle Street. It was red light. And before I approached um, the, the traffic light, I saw a white feather. I said, oh, great, you know, angels are here. I knew that. I did, it was immediately clear for me. And then I stood at this red light and I said, God, I don't know what to do anymore. I have to hand him over to you. You have to take care of my child because I'm at my wit's end. I stopped, I, 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 I finished that prayer, walked across the street, and in that moment I received a text. And this text was a WhatsApp message from our dear friend, Christian friend, who lives in Italy. I haven't had contact with him for ages. He's usually the one talking to my husband, 
and I knew that he, we didn't tell him anything what's going on in our family because his wife just gave birth six months earlier to her third son and she was diagnosed with brain tumor. So we didn't tell him anything. I got this text, it's in Italian, but my brain wasn't clocking it, yeah? So um, I forwarded it to my husband, I said, do you understand, is his wife dead? What's happening here? I'm on my way home because, you know, our son ran away. Um, when I then went to get um, showered, we step into the shower, I read the text again. And this time it hit me, because this is the answer that God gave me in that moment as soon as I finished praying. So I translated it into English, so <laughs> you don't have to put up with Italian. And it says, walk peacefully, sweet mother. The Lord watches over your son. His angels protect him. The prayers of those who love him accompany him and will heal him. He will emerge strengthened and rich in experience. Sleep peacefully, sweet mother. The Lord is mighty and merciful. I sobbed in that shower. I was so touched. We tried to figure out, because this was such an old Italian writing style, we thought, is this a poem? Is this a hymn? What is it? In the evening, we had to wait, because it was actually 1 a.m. at my friend's place in Italy, because I got it at 11 a.m. And when he was up in the morning, we called him, and we told him, why did you send Claudia a text in this moment? And he said, I went to bed and I could not sleep. It was always Claudia's face and name coming up in front of my eyes. And then I heard a voice and he said, get up and text her. And then he wrote down what he heard, send, or hit send button. And then he started reading it and he said, that's not me. And I said, well, yes, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And this gave me great comfort because I said, thank you, God, a prophecy. Everything is going fine. But it got downhill from that. For two years, it got worse and worse and worse. And I learned to really work with that prophecy. Because you see, prophecy is conditional. If you don't work with this word, it's lost. So what I did was, because it has actually two parts, one part was for the day, another part was for the night. So I would stand on that word, I would pray that word and remind God, you promised me that you will watch over my son. You know, my son disappeared, he was age 15 at that time, for four days sometimes in a row. We didn't know where he was. I tried to get all the phone numbers from his friends so that I can actually call him, is, is Matthias with you or isn't he? And, um, but I could sleep through the night. And this is the greatest miracle that I really had over these two and a half years where I could sleep every single night. I wasn't up a night. I mean, I would hear at some point, not, you know, at 1 a.m., 4 a.m., whenever he comes home, I would get up, I would let him in, and I would go to bed and could sleep immediately, fall back asleep. So this was amazing what God did. Another thing that was really how I prayed, and I did spiritual warfare. There was nothing less than spiritual warfare, what I did throughout those years. 
and I had to walk very closely with the Holy Spirit because, because when, when your child takes drugs, it messes with their heads. Yeah, so you can approach him and say, A, this day, and you say, do the same thing the next day, and he would completely explode, although he accepted whatever I said to him the day before. At that time, my husband and my son, we did not get along at all. My husband could say A, and my son would get really crazy about him, even try to stab him. If I said it, he would say, okay, mom. So it was this kind of absolute schizophrenic behavior that was affecting all of us. And then we decided, we asked, what we had to do was really ask for God's wisdom, how to deal with that every single day. So my husband at some point said, okay, I'll withdraw and don't say anything. You interact with him. Because God told me one day, um, you love your son unconditionally every single day, and I will do the rest. This unconditional love meant dying to my emotions, dying to my pride, dying to, well, I'm the mother, yeah, and you do what I say. It meant, yeah, really humble myself, yeah, before God, but also before my son and say, no matter what, we start every single day with a clean slate, with a clean plate. So I would bring him breakfast up every single morning. Sometimes it would be, oh, hi, mom, how are you doing? And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's a good day. At some point, there was just kind of no reaction whatsoever. Um, on other days, it would be, get out of my room, yeah, really aggressive. So it was like not knowing the reaction, what is going to happen, I think was the biggest struggle for me because I wanted to know, okay, can I, did I try and find a way, okay, this way works, so I'm trying this way now, but God was actually showing me, no, 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 you have to rely on me every single day. I, at that time, I did um, a course that actually opened my eyes to the spirit realm, and I knew I'm not fighting my son I'm fighting the spirit behind it. I knew my son was under attack because he was the weakest link in our family at that time. And the devil is an opportunist. He knows he can't get probably at me because I'm learning and I'm growing in spiritual warfare, so he gets at my son. Um, but I didn't have that. So I was walking with the Lord every day and said, okay, walk with me, what, what do you want me to walk there at? How do you want me to do that? At some times it was just when he was lying in bed, anointing him with oil, praying a prayer over him. At other times it was really going for a walk where when he left and was out and about, playing worship music in his room, declaring the word of God, um, kicking out the demons of his room, anointing his um, screen, his phone, whatever, just to really Sometimes I didn't understand why I had to do that until much later when God actually showed me, yeah, these are all open doors that you weren't, that I wasn't aware of at that time, but where he was leading me into. And it was always also when we had time together, and he wasn't actually much at home during that time. Even we couldn't go on holiday together. It was mostly, and this is something that was very dear to me because this is what we do as a family. We don't give us gifts, but we go on holiday together. 
So not being able to actually have this family time and making family memories meant one of us parents always had to stay back home and the other one went with one or two of the other boys um, on holidays. And this went on for two, over two years because he refused to come along. And that, that was really hard for me. That was really, really hard for me because I feared that the family is actually breaking up at some points. But oh God always told me, you have to call out the future person that I have designed him to be. So he was teaching me not to be um, so focused on what I see, on the behavior that I see, but actually what God spoke over him. And once I did that, I realized, yes, I'm speaking, yes, I'm speaking into a future of something that's not yet, but at some point I knew I was kind of anchoring this future into his life. We had, after about, I would say, two years, he, yet he was in a relationship that wasn't good and all this kind of influence that came through that relationship and um, most of his friends, they had um, problems, not just with alcohol and drugs and, and this kind of stuff, but also with the police, with the law, they were on probation. And there was one Sunday, and I think I shared it with the women's group on, on Tuesday, um, after I think over two years, he agreed to go on a walk with, mom, with me and, and my husband. So we went to Williamstown for a walk. We had an amazing conversation and I said, yes, that's the breakthrough. I was, we were all contending, not just my family, friends, um, yes, relatives, everyone was contending for this breakthrough and said, yes. But I didn't realize that usually the devil counterattacks as soon as you have a major breakthrough. So we came home and one of his friends was here and they did the stupid thing. They did some spray painting in our lane and a neighbor saw them and called the police. And this is when I almost started panicking. I thought, oh my goodness, that's now, now he has to probably go to, to, to court again. We had court cases before, yeah. And interestingly, because he was only a bystander, what he told me, it was actually his friend doing it, but his friend was, I think he had 90 probation cases going on, so it was a lot. So one more thing, and he would have landed in jail. And my, my son said, you know what, I'm taking the blame on me, I'm 17, because at 18, everything is erased, clean slate, no record. And I said, no, you are not going to do that. If it was your friend, your friend has to do this. Mom, you don't understand. I have to help my friend. And he has a big heart, yes, but it was not very wise. And I just said, I went upstairs and I did spiritual warfare. And oh, the only thing I could do is, Jesus, help, send us an angel. That's the only thing I could say because I was, it completely took me off guard, this attack. And I heard the enemy, now I've got your son. And I said, no, you don't. So we went down, I went downstairs again. Matis came in and said, mom, I have to tell you why I want to do this. And I said, okay, let's go inside, talk to me. And while he was talking, the police car drove up. And it was just his friend outside. And his friend said, I did it. So as soon as my 
my son realized I can't help my friend, he, he, won, he, won, he really got cross. So he was cross with the police officer. And I will never forget the word the police officer said. He said, I could actually put you on record and sue you for what you've done, but I am an angel today. And I saw, thank you, God, that's exactly, that's exactly what I prayed for. We got him in, we locked all the doors so that he couldn't get out anymore. And we, just, we were just praising God. And even after that, there were still issues going on. We had, I don't know how many times the police still called for whatever spray painting things he did and um, things that were recorded because he was recorded on the CCTV, but they didn't record the other stuff that he was actually punching someone really badly. That was not recorded. It, uh, you just could see God's hand on his life all the time, all the time. It was, I think it was in May 2022 when my youngest son Elias, he asked my sis, why don't you come to church with me today? I would love you to come to church. And we tried him to get him to church and he always said, no, I'm not interested. But at that time he said, yeah, why not? And he came. And ever since then, he didn't leave again which was an amazing, amazing miracle. And what I learned in this time was really, yes, when you get a prophecy, you have to work with it because otherwise it's gone. And my assumption was, okay, I got the prophecy, now it's easy peasy, everything is fine. No, it wasn't, it was absolutely not. Would I want to walk through that time again? but I would not want to miss it. What I learned was when you, have no, when you have no other option, no plan B apart from God, he shows up, he shows up. And, the and, and just how he spoke through me in this time was, in, was incredible. It was such a, a close walk with God in this time where he showed me what to pray, what to do, what to say, when to say, when to step back, when to push in. And it was also for our family very difficult because my husband, he couldn't get along with my son. My son on this side, my husband on this side, I in the middle. I had no, whom do I please? And I said, I can't. I had to literally shut my ears to both sides and only focus on God. And um, he actually got baptized in uh, May this year. It was very spontaneous. It was on a Sunday afternoon. Mom, are you home? I said, yes. I'm doing a live stream. I said, okay, yeah, what are you streaming? <laughs> my baptism. He said, what? And I said, yes, my baptism. And I said, amazing. And I think this is something that I would like to end with with the video that he sent me afterwards. Yeah, so all glory to For God. For me, growing up, I was always raised in a Christian household, but then when we moved to Australia, I started going down a very dark path. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol and all sorts of things, going out, getting out with a bunch of girls, you know, just trying to be a cool guy, I guess, and 
Yeah, I saw it came to an end last year when I found my way back to Jesus, and you know, Jesus has saved my life since then. He's set me free, he's redeemed me, set me from all, set me free from all my addictions, and I'm here getting baptized to dedicate my life to Him and see what He wants to do with me. Actually, doing um, for me, growing up. Okay, a, a Christian, he's doing um, a Bible study course in Launceston. That's in Launceston, where he got baptized. So he's doing Christian. I think it's called a Diploma of Christian Studies, and he's on fire for God. He's evangelizing every single day. He's going out preaching the gospel. Thanks God. Yes, praise to God. with the Lord. And when I was meditating on what we should be doing today, I felt very strongly that we need to be very purposeful about standing and praying for our children, youth, young people, not just yours, but those associated with you. They may be your, some relative or somebody you know in the community. And not just today, but we're going to start today. who'd never been into a church before 
which, which started me thinking, how do we be more purposeful about creating opportunities to have those conversations and just chatting with, walking and chatting with Donna. Um, and I just felt the Lord drop into my spirit that, you know, what about trialing a dinner with a difference? Start creating some, some dinner parties in, in our homes and getting the young people to come along. And the difference is not the dinner party, although we'd make that, that great. Um, so it's a nice social event that they, but that they can be together. But they can openly ask their questions, but have someone presenting on the question. So a topic may be, well, how can you believe the Bible? You know, it's just they've left out a whole lot of books. How do you know that what's in there is right? Or, um, you know, how do you know that Jesus actually lived and died? Or, you know, how can you believe creation when science proves evolution? Those questions, those topics, which they want to talk about, but they talk about them in a faith-filled atmosphere and over, over a meal. You know, Jesus did so, so much of his evangelism over meals. And um, so that's just something I, I want to put out there for you all to think about um, and to think about how, who you might want to invite along to that sort of a thing and um, just write it down, send it to Emily or, or me or both of us so that we can start looking at how we can logistically work that into what we're doing. Um, if anyone's open to having something like that in their home, not every time, but you know, we could we could share it around. Um, just to really open up that opportunity for these kids to ask the question. You know, we've we've heard about people questioning, and we all did, what's the meaning of life and what is the truth. So but we want to be there as Christians saying Jesus truth not the world saying, well, try drugs, you know, they give you a quick release, try this, try that, try the other. So I just wanted to put that out there. But what I would like us to do now, because we're all connected to, to young people, um, is to, to if we get, do you think we might get back into our smaller groups? Yeah. yeah. If we get back into our smaller groups yeah. and um, pray, these young people and not, not, not just young people but adults the, the people connected to you that you want to do business with what you know what what Claudia very clearly said was you know that she heard God's word she, she got that prophecy but we've got prophecy in the Bible too as for us in our household we shall serve the Lord my children shall be taught of the Lord you know we, we can find the scriptures then she prayed and prayed purposefully and reminded God of his promises. And how else would we put it out there? I would also say um, your words have power. And because we are created in God's image means what we speak will happen. It doesn't go out void and doesn't accomplish. Yeah. So even if you don't see a situation yet, don't look at the status quo actually ask God and declare what you want to see, whom you want to see back having a relationship with Jesus. So when you have, I don't know, children that are actually gone away from God, that have never met God, you declare this over their life that they will meet Jesus, that they will have encounter with God. 
that they will actually experience the love and what actually God speaks over them. God speaks over them identity. God speaks over them his love so that they actually will feel it. And then just believe that your words, because they are in alignment with God's words, they have the power and they go out and they will do and accomplish what you've spoken. Because you are in God's will, you have spoken his word. And angels can actually hear, they hear God's word. They don't hear your voice, they hear God's word and then they go and do it. And even if you don't see an immediate effect, you keep doing this. Because at some point it will change because it's God's word that you're speaking into the atmosphere. Okay, so if you want to just get back into your groups again.
and generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going in your weeping Rejoicing, he is for you, he is for you. Amen, 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 amen. shine upon you be gracious to you Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming you're going, you're weeping, rejoicing, he is for you, he is for you. everyone who has shared their love for you and your love for them today. You, I pray a blessing over every person present in this room. 
and those who've had to leave early, over their families, over their children, over those they love and care for. We pray your salvation on our families. As for us and our households, we shall serve you. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, and we shall rejoice and declare you are King of kings and Lord of lords and our heavenly Father, and you are with us and for us now and forever. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So thank you, ladies. That concludes our day together. It's been a ride of emotions. You will take so many gems home with you. Pray for those who come to your remembrance that the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance. Pray for those children, young people, people, adults that you've been praying for as they come to us. The Holy Spirit will bring us back, declare God's will in their life. We have a gift for you all as you leave, something, a nice little something to take home with you. Think about dinner with a difference. Think about who you could invite to that. Talk to myself and Emily, and we will do this again because life is better together. And they all said, Amen. chairs out and bring the pews forward if anyone's able to assist with that, that would be good.